Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. I've just got a feeling God's about to do something pretty miraculous today. There's a word that is burning inside of me and I've already dropped off half of it in the first service but I'm ready to drop it here from heaven. I really believe it's going to help some people. I believe today there's going to be some paradigm shifting moments in people's lives and uh, the word of God is, I think it's going to help a lot of people. But before we do that, I want us just to put, I know we've already, we've already been in God's presence, but I want one more time. I want one more time just to raise the level of our worship and our praise. Come on, help me. Come on, let's go. Hallelujah. from you right now and I know we've all had all sorts of different weeks all sorts of things that have happened this week but you've been with us you've carried us and you brought us into your house and father we've brought you our praise offering our worship offering now we want to receive from your word so father I pray that we would put aside anything that can distract us in this moment whether it's Instagram Facebook's notifications father we would just park it all for the next 30 minutes and be receivers of your word. Amen. 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 Come on, let's give God some praise. You guys can take your seats. I really want to encourage us to really, um, we live in such a distracted world. And there's every, you know, the enemy is so clever that he wants to distract you in the next 30 minutes because God wants to speak to you. And he will do that with anything. So I want to encourage you, just put it on airplane mode if you've got ADDDD like me, okay? And uh, just let's be receivers today of what God wants to say through me. This is Miracles in May. Miracles in May. And we are focusing on miracles, the miracles that Jesus performed in his ministry years here on earth. Thank you, worship team. You guys are phenomenal. Let's thank them as well one more time. Uh, Our key verse... Our key verse for the month comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 20. God can do anything. Anything means my thing. Everyone say, my thing. thing. Turn to the person next to you and say, God's sorting out my thing. Turn to the other person and say, he needs to be quick. God can do anything. You know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. God's sorting out my thing. That could be a rap, couldn't it? If anyone's got a little bit of beat, let me know. I'm happy to put lyrics in. Pay for the new building. Welcome to all of our online family. We love you. We miss you. And uh, those who are still living close by, we'd love to have you back in the building when you feel comfortable. And uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone. You know, we have had donations to our new building this week from all over the earth. 
South Africa, Nigeria, Australia, New York. And we are just so incredibly blessed by the generosity. You know, churches have been sending us money this, this week, and churches I haven't even heard of. And I just want to say thank you. So if you're watching, thank you for what God is doing. I'll talk a little bit more at the end of the service. I wanted to jump straight into the message this morning. C.S. Lewis, when asked what is a miracle, said when God does something that wouldn't happen if he didn't do it. And I'm believing for miracles, not just in our church as, as a body, but miracles individually for you this month. I'm believing for unexpected financial windfalls. Anyone say amen? thought I'd get an amen on that one. I'm getting claps. People are standing up. In the old days, you used to get the fans out and fanning down. I mean, believing for physical miracles in our church, houses to sell, married people to fall pregnant who've been trying, people to fall in love again. Maybe you've been married for 30 years and maybe you just drifted apart. Maybe this is the month you're going to drift back towards one another. I'm believing someone's going to get proposed to this month. Hello. Last week we looked at. Last week we looked at um, my miracle in May. I just want you to, to slip up your hand if you weren't here last week. So I want to give you a little card if you didn't make it to church last week. If you can just write on the bottom why you weren't here, and one of our team will give you give you a little call and just check in. All right, so no, 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 it's nothing like that. Okay, don't give me ideas, because you know me. Okay, so just grab hold of, just keep your hand up. Okay, it's not like that at all. We just want to give you this card, because last week we began part one of this series, My Miracle in May, and we talked about the problem plus the promise plus the pain equals God's power. And the process of what happens in the miracle. Was anyone, anyone here last week? Okay, so you can take the card away. If you missed the message, catch up on YouTube this week. Fill in the card as you go. I'm going to give you another little card this week as well. Is that okay? Who likes little handouts? Yes, I like them too. All right, we're going to read, we're going to read two texts from the New Testament today. Um, the first text I'm going to let you stay down with, okay? And the next one I'm going to get you up because the, the, the one I'm going to get you up for is the long one. All right, so... Just want to make sure, because uh, if you didn't run the marathon, you've got plenty of energy in your legs. Now, the text I'm going to read is from John chapter 21, verse 35. And I'm going to say that potentially this is the most peculiar verse in Scripture. Okay, and um, it's the very last verse in John's Testament. And to be honest, I've never really truly understood what the verse meant. I went away and I've studied it. I've been brewing this message for a few weeks now. And, but I want to just share with you my thoughts around this verse. Because some of you have read it before and think that's very odd. And this is John speaking. He says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them was written down, I suppose even the whole world would not have room for the books that had been written. John had spent three years of his life traveling, walking, sleeping, eating with Jesus, and he had witnessed many miracles. And at the end of Jesus' life, this was John's kind of recollection of his time on earth with Christ. But it, I think it's personally one of the strangest verses in the whole of the canon of Scripture. The world's library 
at that time, according to a Greek geographer called Strabo, contained 700,000 volumes. 700,000 books were written at the point when John said that in his testament. Christ's three ministry years on earth, I think probably if you've read the gospel, could be described as a directory of supernatural or extraordinary miracles. As children, and obviously now as adults, but as children, we lived, if you, if you attended church, you went to Sunday school, you had a parent who would read you Sunday school stories uh, before you went to sleep, we loved them, didn't we? Jesus uh, walking on the water, Jesus calming the storm, Jesus turning water into wine, Lazarus being raised from the dead, we talked about that one last week, the healing of the blind man, Jesus stuck an ear back on a Roman soldier, I mean, how cool was that? When I'd love to have been there when he just picked up the ear off the floor and say, have that back. (laughs) You drop something? And then Jesus himself comes back from the dead. And so John's Testament is just full of extraordinary miracles. The big stories, the big miracles, the big breakthroughs. In fact, I'm going to relate to them in this text as the biggies. The biggies. Yet in my 43 years on earth, I can only personally remember six or seven biggies in my own life. I've seen God move in a big way. I remember when I was seven, eight years old, my dad and mom took me to NEC Arena in Birmingham and the uh, Reverend Reinhard Bonnke was preaching. Was anyone in that meeting in NEC? Some of you are like 15 and got your hands up. You tr- trust me, you weren't there. <laughs> the NEC arena, and I just a, a, a young boy, and I saw this lady wheeled up on chairs. She'd never walked before. And Reinhard, as he does, came and he put his hands over and said, In the name of Jesus. And in that moment, she got up, and for the first time in her life, she didn't just walk, she was doing laps around the arena, and the place was going crazy as we saw God's miraculous hand at work through Reinhard. And I remember as a young man, I remember we were on a, what we called open-air services where we used to take church out onto the streets onto Gentleman's Walk on a Saturday evening. We'd preach the gospel in front of the Lamb Inn. People would chuck things at us and we'd just chuck Jesus back at them. It was like in the trenches for Jesus. We had, I don't know, one salvation in 20 years, but it was worth it. It was worth it. I remember one night we got there and it was pouring down. And I'm not just talking pouring, it was chucking it down. And we had a man in our church called Tony the Weatherman, Tony Gardner. I remember he just pointed at the cloud. He said, in Jesus' name, move. And literally, it stopped raining. Everywhere else was raining, but it wasn't raining over Topshop. It's not doing anything over Topshop anymore, but anyway. I remember as a little boy going, whoa, whoa. Then I got a job at 16 years old at Burger King, the home of the Whopper. You know you made it when you get a job at Burger King. And I got a bicycle and I was so ready to impress on my first, my first ever paid job. And on the way, I was cycling down the Fakenham Road from Taylor to Sweetbriar Industrial Estate. And I get a puncture. And I'm just so upset, devastated. 
remember praying, saying, God, can you help me? And this man pulls up in a truck. Now, parents, never let your kids do what I'm about to do. He said, you look in distress. He said, can I help you? I said, it's my first job at Burger King, and I've got a flat. He said, just chuck your bike in the back, jump in, I'll drop you off. Now, we don't do that anymore, and don't do that anymore, right? <laughs> back in the day, you could do it. I remember going home to my mum and dad, and they were like, oh, he must have been really kind. Now we'd be, like, freaking out. But <laughs> I got in the truck, and I remember God saying, that was an angel. That was an angel. I was like, as a little boy, going, wow, 16. I remember my family here, I remember we didn't have much money and opening some crisps and there was a five pound note enough to feed our family. I remember in 2006, a family member bought Chantel and I our first home. We had nothing. Someone bought us our first home. Remember in 2018, standing right here on this platform declaring that we're going to believe for a million pounds in this year's Heart for the House. I was invited to a trustees meeting. And the trustees said, hey, we want, to, we want to give you a million pounds for your new building. I was like, whoa. Whoa. And I remember meeting Chantel in Bible school in 2001. And for her, her she just has one biggie. But for two years, she chased me. And eventually, I got worn down. And, but in 43 years, six biggies. Six biggies. And we love these moments, don't we? They're often career-defining, life-changing, preaching material for life. But in 43 years, I've only experienced six outrageous, booming miracles. One every six years, or one every 2,000 days. So we spend the majority of our lives waiting. As we talked last week, we talked about the pain of the middle. And for many of you, you are in those 2,000 days. You're you are waiting for your miracle. So what was John meaning when he said there wouldn't be enough books to contain Christ's miracles on earth? I think he was talking about the thousands of tiny, insignificant, in-the-moment, almost mundane-like miracles which he experienced walking with Jesus every day. Might have been a smile, might have been a hug, might have been a meal, might have been a flower, might have been a field of corn, might have been a drink with friends, but actually I think what John was describing was I'm going to talk about a million little miracles. See, between the big ones were millions of little ones. I want to share a message titled today, Your Miracle is in the Mundane. Your Miracle is in the Mundane. One of the greatest privileges we have as a church is not only to, to feed people spiritually, in which I'm hoping to do today, but actually to physically feed them, especially in these times where so many people are struggling. Sam Milcham, who leads our Soul Foundation, told me a story only on Friday about a gentleman who arrived at the supermarket this week on Thursday. And he was in an emotional state and he said, Sam, he says, the only thing I have left in my fridge is some milk and some bread. He says, I am desperate. And I want to say a huge thank you to everyone in this moment of the service 
everyone who's watching online who serves in our Soul Social Supermarket and through our Soul Foundation where it's feeding the homeless on a Wednesday night, you guys are making an incredible difference in people's lives. That, that man was able to go home with two or three bags full of food and we were able to stock his fridge. And the reason I'm telling this story is because one of the most famous miracles of Jesus involved both physical and spiritual healing, the feeding of everyday people, known as the feeding of the 5,000. I'd love us to stand, and we're going to read this story together. You were just getting settled, weren't you? There we go. It's the only, the only miracle that Jesus performed, which was recorded in all four Gospels. So this is in verse 3 of John chapter 6. Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this, this only to test him, for he, he already knew what he had in mind and what he was going to do. Philip answered him and said it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough food for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go amongst so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated, and everyone ate as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Father, bless the reading and the application of your word. Amen. Amen. You guys can take a seat. This is definitely a supernatural, life-changing, every six year, every 2,000 day kind of miracle. Who would agree? This is a game changer. This is one of our favorites growing up at home. But it is very easy to read this story and miss the mundane moments in the miracle. Because hidden in the big miracle were three or four mundane moments that happened to everyday people like you and I. And I'm going to call them the three principles or the four principles if we get time for the fourth um, that God wants us to go through as we, as we wait for a supernatural miracle. I'm believing that we will experience supernatural miracles in our lives. Amen. But I also believe that there are millions if not hundreds of thousands of mundane moments Mundane miracles that we have to go through every day in the middle. So let's unpack them. I'm going to share four principles today. The first one is this. God always starts with my mundane. God always starts with my mundane. Verse 7 says, Philip answered him, it would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Jesus presents the problem. We need to feed these people. And Philip, one of his disciples, comes back and says, hey, we've got a problem. So Philip was waiting for a lightning strike from heaven. Philip was saying, hey, we need one of your biggies. You know one of those big ones you just performed? We need one of those right now. It said that it was half a year's salary. Half a year's salary, maybe 20,000 pounds. Philip wanted somebody to write him a check for 20,000 pounds pull up a van, drive to Tesco's, and get 5,000 meal deals for everyone in the field. That was how Philip saw this unfolding, and Jesus was like, just, just chill. Just take a step back. Jesus says, I, 
I'll get to that, but I want to teach you two or three really important principles until I perform the miracle. And the first one is this, is that the big miracle begins in the small mundane. The big miracle. The little boy's lunch was pretty mundane. Verse 9 says, here is a boy with some fish and some bread rolls. One lunch split between 5,000 people is like one crumb each and half a fish scale. Who knows that's not going to work? You're taking notes, here's your first takeaway. God always needs something to work with. God always needs something to work with. You've got to put something into his hands for him to work with. In 2000, by the way, Chantelle is in Los Angeles today. She's spending time with her godparents. Many of you know her godbrother died in uh, November, in December last year. So she is over there with her godparents, and it's Mother's Day in America. And so we miss you, Chantelle. If you're watching, it is... You're not watching. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning. You're not watching, but happy Mother's Day. We miss Chantelle. Come on, let's give Chantelle a happy Mother's Day. She's staying with her godparents and having a great time. She's speaking in a church out there today, and we miss her. In 2000, and many of you know Chantel's story, and she was taken in by her godparents, and many, many challenges. She was broken and just needed, needed a break in life. And a lady in her church felt to give Chantel a DVD. Now, some of you are going, what's a DVD? I know. Okay? A DVD is a round silver kind of plasticky thing you used to put in a machine and then your movie would start. And if you wanted to go to the middle of the movie, you had to press a button to escape. Now it's all very remote, okay? It's very great. But that's what a DVD is, just for, for those who um, don't understand. And gave her this DVD. It was a Hillsong Worship DVD called, in fact, we've got a picture going to come up on the screen, called By Your Side. Okay, and this lady, just in, 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 whether she was in a church service, whether she was at home, she felt to give Chantel this CD. It was a very mundane moment. She watches this worship album. Chantel loved singing. She loved worshiping. She saw, you know, saw Darlene and saw, this is amazing, and didn't really think anything more of it until she watched it again. And right at the end of the DVD, a slide came up on the, on the DVD that said uh, that the church, that the Hillsong had an international Bible school, and something sparked inside of her and said, I wonder if I could get to college. And miracle after miracle occurred, and that's where we met in 2001. You see this, God always begins with the mundane. The mundane. As that lady, I don't know her name, Chantelle doesn't even remember her name, but when she, when she gave her that DVD in that mundane moment, a supernatural miracle begun in Chantelle's life. Now this is why when you feel the urge to buy someone some flowers, to send them an iTunes voucher, to give them a hug, to send them a text, to drop them a call. This is why in the mundane moment, your mundane moment could be someone else's breakthrough, somebody else's miracle. God doesn't always show up the way we expect, but I'm, I'm telling this, he will always show up. And this is where we can get so fixated in God, I'm ready for you to do the big thing in my life. I'm ready for you to get me a partner because I'm ready to get married. And God's like... 
There's some stuff I need to do in you, son. I'm ready, I'm ready for my promotion at work. And God's like, your work isn't. (laughs) Don't miss the miracle in your life because it looks mundane. We actually don't like the mundane because we want the miraculous. Philip and Andrew in the story, they wanted the miraculous. They wanted God just to say, send down bread. You've done it before, manna from heaven. You've done it before. Let's see you do it again. And God's like, no, I did that last time. God very rarely does the same thing twice the same way. God is so unique. And this little boy's lunch was so mundane. Two fish and five rolls. I mean, that is like a modern day beans on toast. Anyone into beans on toast? We're friends. We used to have a beans on toast group. <laughs> Imagine someone inviting you around for dinner and they serve, I don't know, they serve birdseye fish fingers and beans on toast. I mean, you'd be taken back a little. Because it's just ordinary, it's mundane. But how many times have you and I missed what God is doing right in front of us because it looks mundane? A few weeks ago, I was staring out my window and it was, it was a cloudy day and I was staring out and just daydreaming of the beach. Anyone ever done that? Just go and imagine. And God said, you're missing the beauty of what's in front of your eyes. Start looking at what's in front of you. Like the disciples, we can miss the miracle in the moment because we're so desperate to get to the next. You take a note, I want you to write now, write this down, the miracle isn't in the next, the miracle is in the now. The miracle is in the now. The miracle is not found in the next, the miracle is right here in the now. You know, the miracle is in the mess your children have created for you to clear up. Some of you are praying for kids for years, now they're here and they're making a mess, you're like, these kids are driving me crazy. And you're like, but the miracle is in the mundane. I remember in 2010, Chantel fell pregnant, and uh, we'd been wanting a child for four years since we got married, and uh, all we ever wanted was a baby, and Chantel, if it was a girl, it was going to be miracle, and she'd had it all planned out, and then miracle comes along. We're like, what do we do with miracle? Miracle was a screamer. There's no books for screaming kids. Miracle was two years old, and we were living in Cape Town, South Africa, and we got invited around this beautiful family from, from Africa and they were doctors and they had this beautiful home and they just got this brand new cream uh, lounger. You know one of those lounges you smell it before you see it? It's like walking into DFS, this house. And I walked in, I was like, Chantel, let's keep a close eye. Now, I haven't ever done any parental teaching in this, in this church. I always promised until my kids were 11, 12, we wouldn't teach on raising kids because we haven't really done it properly yet. Um, but I will give you one little tip, either young parents or parents-to-be. If your children ever go quiet for an extended period of time, <laughs> there is often a reason for that. And it is not because they're watching Thomas the Tank Engine. Any parents know where this story's going? So, so we're sitting at the dinner table having a lovely sophisticated dinner with this family and I said to my wife, I said, Miracle's gone awfully quiet. 
She said, she'll be fine. I said, I, I'm not feeling that. <laughs> Miracle, Chantelle goes, I'll go and check her out. And she goes, she goes around the back of the couch. And Miracle had gone into my wife's handbag and pulled out the red lipstick. <laughs> and let's just say, I'm not going to go into any details. You don't need the details. She'd drawn mummy and daddy on the back of the couch. Drawn all of mummy and daddy on the back of the couch. All of mummy and daddy on the back of the couch. And I'm thinking, you know, and the, anyway, this family was so gracious. They were so kind. They were so forgiving. We, we tried everything. We tried, can we get you a new couch? Can we, you know, we'll, we'll do anything. But they, they were just gracious. And I'm sorry if you're watching. <laughs> No, we never got invited back. <laughs> We're not even allowed back in Africa, let alone back around the house. But here's what I realized, that often the miracle, literally, the miracle is in the mundane. The very child we've been trusting God for, the very child we've been praying to God for, now has come, and she's creative. And how, we, you know, how quickly we can get mad at our, our kids, how quickly. And God's like, but they're the same kids that I answered the prayer for. Yeah. In the mundane. And even in that moment, I realized that Miracle was creative. She loves to draw. She loves to sing. She loves to dance. And sometimes even in your mess, even in your mundane, there is a miracle that's taking place. And some of us have just got to open our eyes and go, I know, I know, I know that my son is, he's a tearaway and he's got more energy, he's doing things. But let me tell you, if we could just harness that energy in the right areas, maybe he, he could be a tearaway for Jesus. Maybe he could tear things up for God. So let's not take for granted the mundane. You see, how we treat our mundane job will determine if we get our miracle job. God always begins, write this down, God always begins with our attitude towards the everyday mundane moments. Everyday mundane moments. You see, anybody can praise God for what's coming. Anybody can praise God for what's happened, but can you praise God for what's now, because right in front of you right now might be just some loaves and some fishes. It might be just enough food to get you through the day. Right now, it might be just a nine to five on minimum wage. But God, you're still good. Right now, you might be living alone and you're desperate to get married. It's literally just you and your teddy at night. I'm going to praise you, God, anyways. Right now, maybe it literally is beans on toast and maybe McDonald's on the weekend for a treat. God, I'm going to trust you in the now. Stop wasting your now because you're living for your next. Say that again. Stop wasting your now. David said, this is the day the Lord has made. Anybody can live in the future. Anybody can daydream of a better tomorrow. But in that, will you miss the now? You see, how I treat my now is either repelling me or propelling me from my next. So many people are stuck in their next that they miss their now. Oh, I really want kids. And you get kids. Oh, I can't wait for these kids to grow up. The kids grow up. Oh, I can't wait for these kids to come visit me. We live in the next. One of the devil's biggest things on, on, on people is trying to get you to live in the next because you miss the now. 
Guys, we're back in church singing without masks. Guys, that's our now. We would have given anything 18 months ago to see a packed church with hands lifted, masks off, voices out, singing to God. Come on, let's live in the now. Let's live in what God has done in the now. Every week we get a, uh, Chantal and I get a finance report. And um, we're trusting God, obviously, for what's next in our church. But the finance report is very much what's now. And our church has been so incredible over the last few months. But we have a specific line in the report for Church New Build. And every, you know, every month, um, for the last few months, people have donated. It could be a £10, it could be £20, it could be £20,000 could come in. And um, it's been miraculous. I think it was January and February, James Crisp, our finance manager. Where's James? Stand up, James, so you can just meet James. There he is. If you missed him online, he's a handsome fella. Okay, <laughs> happily married, child. But James is a report, and in, 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 in the report is 20 pounds. I'm like, 20 pound, God, how, how's that going to work? We need a lot more than 20 pound. And God said to me, he said this, are you, are you not thankful for the 20 pounds. It was literally a slap from heaven. Going, can't you be grateful for the mundane? Because that could be a widow's 20 pounds. That could be, so I don't know where that 20 pounds, all I know is that's 20 pounds we need for the future of this church. And if you can't thank God in the now, how can I get you to the next? And some of us were so caught up in the next. I was so caught up with we need to be here to get there. God said, what about the now? Somebody has just donated 20 pounds of their hard-earned money for our new building. Are you not going to stop and be thankful for what he's done in your life? Come on, let's have a now praise moment. Come on, not a next praise moment. Right now, I'm thankful for God for what he's done right now. What's the thing which is right in front of me which I'm missing because it seems so mundane? Verse 11, and we're going to carry on, says, Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated. As much as they wanted, he did the same with the fish. The miracle starts in the mundane, but it continues on where Jesus shares two more principles with his disciples. First of all, God always starts with the mundane, the second principle he wanted to teach the disciples is God always listens to what I say. God is a listener. God is a listener. He eavesdrops our conversation. Verse 8 says, One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There is a boy here with five small barley loaves and two small fish. This is the mundane. And then Andrew... He questions God's authority. He says, but how far are these going to go amongst 5,000 people? He doubts Jesus' judgment of the situation. And Jesus ignores the question like a good politician. And he presents a principle. And this is it. Be careful what you say when your promise is in process. Be careful what you say 
when your promise is in the process. Jesus says this, he models two principles. He says, hey, come here, bring me the loaves, bring me the fish. It says in Luke's gospel, John forgot to record this bit. He says he looks up to heaven and gives thanks and breaks the bread in front of them. Two things we could easily skip over. First of all, God has to have something to work with. He needs the mundane. But there's two things that take place. Number one is prayer and number two is gratitude. Jesus taught his disciples, if we want to see the power of God at work in our lives, if we want to see the miraculous, there is two principles. First of all, prayer and gratitude. Prayer activates God's power. Here's where the miracle happens in the story. This is where the supernatural, imagine being there in that moment and seeing bread multiply, fish multiply. I mean, you, you couldn't imagine. It would be, it would be, it would be life-changing. But it happened, the Bible says, when Jesus looked up to heaven and he prayed and he gave thanks. It didn't happen when the boy presented his lunch. It happened when he prayed and when he gave thanks. He, 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 just come with me. We're going somewhere now. Miracles always break out from a heart of prayer and thankfulness. The quickest way to slow down your miracle in May is ingratitude. On Monday, I was running the marathon very slowly. And I came into Atoll Bridge, and a couple of the lads who were running with me dropped off, and I was meeting a couple more. They were picking up. And um, it was just a great day. But as we got to Attlebridge Station, or the former train station, Attlebridge, there was a gentleman there, which Steve and I and Chantal and Rach, we've been talking to him for a couple of years now. And he's a gentleman, he's probably in his 90s. He's just the most amazing fella. And he sleeps in the old train station, and we can see him as we run past. We always wave, and sometimes he waves as he's awake, and sometimes he doesn't. Anyway, he was obviously very taken back by all the runners coming through and he's waving, especially hard at the ladies. He was loving it. He was having a really, really good day. And he came out of the station. I wasn't there, but he came out and he spoke to, spoke to one of the, uh, what they called? Marshals. God bless you all. We needed you. And all of our incredible volunteers on Monday. He came out with a £10 note and he gives this £10 to the marshal and he says, he says, I can see you're from the Soul Church, the Soul Foundation. He said, you helped feed my daughter during the pandemic. And I, he said, I just wanted to say thank you. Wow. I just wanted to say thank you. And I had this two minutes just on my own, just before the next runner came. And I just lifted up my hands. We we're b b beside this field. And I just said, God, I am so thankful. I know we need a whole lot more finance for this new building and I'm tired and I'm knackered but right now that is a miracle because that £10 could be the catalyst and you know what, that day we had some supernatural financial miracles. As you pray and as you say thank you something breaks in the supernatural. We were given the mundane. It's just £10. Can hardly buy two coffees and a scone. 
But as you thank God for your mundane, and as you say, God, I don't know how we're going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this month. I'm thankful I've got some food in the cupboard. God, I don't know how I'm going to get to church, but I'm thankful I've still got a bicycle. God, I thank you for my mundane. It's in the mundane that breaks out the supernatural. What do we do when we're in the middle? We pray. We stay grateful. Thank God every day for the job you don't like. Come on, this is the mundane. I don't like my boss. Bless him. Bless him. So God, I just want you to bless my boss this day. I can't stand him, but you made him, so help me to like him. God, I'm not sure my car's even going to get me home from church today, but God, I am so grateful for the car that got me to church this day. I am going to stay thankful. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Number three, we've got to keep going. Big match coming up. (laughs) God always, God always answers with more than I asked. He always answers with more than I asked. Verse 13, they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with pieces of the barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. What did they ask for? They'd asked to be fed. I think that's a, I think that's a pretty reasonable request. And God says, I, I can do reasonable requests, but if you thank me for the mundane, if you stay in prayer, here's what I can do. I can exceed what's in your heart. Amen. You know that job you want? I know the one you want, but I've got something even better than the one you want. Why? Because God always exceeds what? The more than I asked. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little bit of a poetic license with the passage here, but At the the end of the story, it says here that there was 12 baskets of bread and fish left over. Now, we've always taught, and we kind of like the the end of the story where the little boy goes home with with some extras. Yeah, we all like that. That's not actually in Scripture, nor is the next bit I'm going to say. But I'm just going to just have a license with this. Okay, here we go. A little boy cannot take home 12 baskets. Yeah? There was no, there's no Uber. So the little boy either had to get a horse in a car or something. So I'm not thinking that the miracle was actually for the little boy. I think the little boy had already had his miracle. He'd seen God do it. I think the miracle was for the 12 disciples because they were the ones who doubted. And God said, I know you doubted, Andrew. I know you doubted, Philip. I know you doubted, Simon. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you all back to your families with a basket each. Because I don't just want to meet your expectations. I want to exceed your expectations. So you know when you doubted me in the moment, guess what? Take a basket home for the grandkids. And some of you, God is going to give you baskets of leftover. As you begin to thank him in your mundane, as you begin to seek him, it's not just going to be enough. There's going to be more than enough. It's going to be filled to overflowing in your house. And the disciples, they go away. And this is how the disciples leave the match, amazed and wondered. I've got a word for someone here today, and it's this, stay amazed. You say, where are you going to leave me this week? Two words, stay amazed. Stay amazed. Stay amazed. I'm probably going to say it 50 times in the next three minutes. You're going to get it. Stay amazed. 
Stay amazed at God's love towards you. Stay amazed at God's grace towards you. Gareth this morning, he came running into our office for our pre-service meeting. He said, I'm just so in love with Jesus. I'm so grateful for his love towards me. He loves me again this week. Today, this week, last week, we've probably all messed up. We've probably all had a bad thought. We've probably all copped a bad attitude. Yet, stay amazed. You are found in God's grace. You are found in God's house. Stay amazed. Stay amazed. Stay amazed at the salvation moment in our church when someone lifts their hands. You can be thinking about your roast pork or you can think about Jesus is about to transform people's lives. Stay amazed. Stay amazed at the fact we're singing in church again. Stay amazed that we we get to open this book in public without persecution. I loved in Nehemiah, I'm going to finish with this, but it says that when Ezra, who was a prophet, he opened the book, it said all the people could see him because he was standing above them. And he says, as he opened it, the people stood up. It says, and Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And all the people lifted up their hands and they responded, Amen, Amen. Every time we open this book, we need to stay amazed. When we are in our secret place, when we're in our public place, we need to stay amazed at what God's Word is about to do in our lives. Can I encourage someone? If you've lost your amazement, if you've lost your awe and wonder of what God is doing around you, if you've been so caught up in the next that you've missed the now, come on, is someone going to lift up some hands and say, I'm still amazed. I'm still amazed. I'm still here. I'm still praising. I'm still worshiping. Come on, the Bible says if we don't praise Him, the very foundations under our feet will begin to cry out, stay amazed. Stay amazed. Stay amazed when someone screws a light bulb in at the end of the service. Come on, we put the coffee to one side. We put the conversation to one side and we stay amazed that someone has gone from darkness into God's glorious light. Stay amazed at the grace of God. Stay amazed. That was a sinner saved by grace. Stay amazed that God's grace finds me today. Stay amazed. Stay amazed at God's creation. Stay amazed at your spouse. I know she looks a bit different from when you married her, but she's still the same person. Stay amazed. The thing you married her for is now the thing that annoys you. Stay amazed. Stay amazed. Stay amazed at creation. Come on, turn around. Find three people, high-five them and say, stay amazed. Stay amazed. Stay amazed. Stay amazed. Come on, everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Stay amazed at today. Stay amazed. This is a gift from God. Stay amazed. All right, quickly sit down. Sit down. We're not, we're not, we're not finished. Fourth thing is God always. God always uses my miracle to transform someone else's life. God always used my miracle. See, the little boy, he was the giver of the mundane. 
but the crowd were the receiver of the miracle. And God wants to heal you and bless you to use you. God wants to bless your business in May to help others in June. God wants to heal you to use you. God wants to restore you. God wants to restore marriages in our church so they can model healthy marriages to other people. And your miracle isn't about you, it's about the lies it will help. Chantel is giving the devil the biggest slap around the chops he's ever had today because she is back in the hood. She's literally preaching in a ghetto church today. Okay, she's back in Gangsterville. Right, some of you have no idea where she came from, but she's back in the hood today and she's got all her ex-gangster friends and schoolies and homies, they're all coming. And she's gonna show them what God's grace can do in a person's life because what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn around for his good. And God wants to heal you and restore you so you can become a trophy, a trophy of his goodness. So this is how God works. You ready? He says, I'll always start with your mundane. And he says, now, when you understand and recognize your mundane, I'm now gonna listen to what you say about it. How you respond to your mundane, how you respond to your Monday, how you respond when life doesn't work, how you respond to the salary you have right now, how you respond to the car you drive. He says, I'm, I'm looking for gratitude. And he says, in that, I'm gonna amaze you. I'm gonna amaze you. God's about to amaze us as a church. I'm not just talking about a miracle. I'm talking about supernatural miracles are gonna break out in this church. And why does he do this? Because it's not about me. It's to give glory to him so others can see his power at work in us. Stay amazed. The miracle is in the mundane. Amen. Now I want to give you, I want to give you another little card this week. It's called A Million Little Miracles. The team are going to begin to pass them out and you don't have to fill it in now, but there's a song the worship team are going to sing. Some of you might have heard it by Maverick City called A Million Little Miracles. It's a beautiful song. It's powerful. And um, I haven't got space on the card for a million. Like John didn't have space in the New Testament for all that he could write. But what I want you to do this week is I want you to write down 20 mundane miracles. Could be the start, could be I'm still here. (laughs) It could be I still have a home. It's not the home I want, but it's the home that I'm in right now. I want you to write down, I'm gonna call them a million little miracles. And this is what I want you to focus on this week. Last week we focused on the big one, but now what we're doing is we're taking a step back and we're saying while we're in the middle, we're gonna focus on the mundane miracles. And I want you to keep these cards safe. These are your miracle cards, all right? Don't lose these. Okay, this isn't someone just to put on the fridge and ignore. This is your Miracle in May card, okay? Now, I want you to, re- we're gonna, normally we stand and we sing. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna reflect. We're gonna close our eyes and we're just gonna listen as Matt and the team sing this song, A Million Little Miracles, because I want you to bathe in the small things which God has done and he's gonna do, amen. Is anybody great?
miracles that God has done in your life. Don't miss God because He looks mundane. God is in the mundane. God is in the Monday. God is in the every moment of our every day. I want to encourage you this week to focus on your miracle in the mundane. I'm going to ask everyone just to close their eyes just for the final moment of this service. You're saying today, maybe someone invited you to church online. Someone invited you into the room. And it's been a kind of a new experience because never felt anything like it. That's because the presence of God is at work in people's lives. Jesus, he left the comfort of heaven and he came down to earth. He lived and he died a cruel death on a cross so that we could experience newness of life. He loves you, my friend. I don't know what your story is, but God does. God has a plan and a purpose for every single one in this room. Everyone who's watching me online, God loves you, my friend. But we weren't created to live life alone. Maybe you live alone. Maybe you've gone through life alone. But today you can experience newness of life. You can have a relationship with Jesus. All I'm going to do is simply pray a prayer which will invite Jesus to become the Savior and the Lord and a friend in your life. I'd just love to know who I'm praying for. All over this room, online, if you say that's me, include me in that prayer. I want you to do, no one's looking around. Just slip up your hand and say, John, include me in that prayer. I want to receive Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Beautiful. Amazing. Maybe you're watching online. You can just put something in the chat and say, yeah, that's me. But yeah, put a little emoji and just put a thumbs up. Say, yeah, pray for me. We're going to say this prayer out loud together. It's going to come up on the screen and we're going to declare it out as we start this new life together with Jesus. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. To forgive all my sin and failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and to live for you. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's congratulate everyone who said the prayer. If you're in the room, our team, we've got a gift for you. It's a Bible. As you head out into the atrium in just a moment, our team will be out there just with these Bibles above their heads. Please take a Bible. And we have a, a Connect Lounge. You'll see it in bright yellow letters. It says Connect Lounge. Why don't you head into there? Maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't say that prayer, but maybe you, maybe you haven't connected in church yet, or maybe you've got some questions around some of the, mess, the message today. Why don't you head in there, and our team would love to host you with some coffee and some tea. And online, make sure you let us know that you've made that decision. Right, I have decided in the chat, and our team will reach back at you today. So well done for that decision. Amen. Amen. Did you receive the word today? Come on, be holding on to those cards this week. A million little miracles. Let's hold on to that word and uh, let's believe that the miracle is in the mundane. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope to see you again soon. God bless.